to the program. We are glad you're with us. The Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live, Sturgis, South Dakota. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Bud Light uh, on hand out here in a plenty. Thanks to them for bringing this out here and being one of our on, on-site uh, sponsors as well. Also, thanks to our friends at Albanese's Roadhouse. Uh, say hi to Joey and the gang. Stop over right there on Blue Mountain Road, just uh, just west of Menards, as a matter of fact, and across the street from Home Depot out in the uh, Waukesha area. Great play. They got bocce ball going on tonight for sure. Speaking of what's going on tonight, don't forget the Wisconsin State Fair is still cranking. Saying hi to our friends at the Wisconsin State Fair. Coming up tonight, you got DJ King James and friends over at the Budweiser Pavilion. So stop there, 630 tonight, if you're heading out to the uh, Wisconsin State Fair. I know Camp Bar has Miles Wangren tonight, Dirty Boogie at Pistol Pete's, Buddy Love over at uh, Leadfoot's. So a lot of good music going on out at the Wisconsin State Fair tonight. Missing the fair. Love the fair, but uh, enjoy riding out here in the beautiful Black Hills and through Needles and out near uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore area. Going to head down that direction and Crazy Horse and went and saw Devil's Tower yesterday, which was spectacular. So uh, a lot of good things going on. In the meantime, David Stearns, he talked about some of the backlash from the Josh Hader trade. And it's, you know, I, I get what he's trying to say, okay, when he talks about, you know, with the, the addition of Trevor Rosenthal, the payroll actually went up. And look, we had a, a additional payroll flexibility to make moves. We were engaged with a number of players the day before the deadline and the day of the deadline that had we been able to pull off that deal, our payroll would have gone up even further. And ultimately, we didn't make those deals because we made the decision that the talent asked was too high, but we had the payroll flexibility to do so if we had deemed that appropriate. I get that. I understand that. In the immediacy, the payroll would have gone up, okay? That I understand. What we know, though, let's be honest, what we know is that they don't want to pay him in the future. So while the payroll would have gone up, they they we, we all know, okay, it's, it, it's the giant pink elephant in the room. It's the fact that... Yeah, you don't, you know, you don't mind spending a little bit more money in the here and the now, but for the long term, you weren't going to pay him. And that's the reason you made the deal. Had you had this commitment been to winning long term with additional payroll, you would have kept Josh Hader and you would have signed him. I mean, there's no reason to get rid of Josh. If 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 it's not about the payroll, then why did you get rid of him? Ben, am I off in this argument here? Nope. I mean, there is a numbers argument out there that I've seen that actually Taylor Rogers plus whoever and whoever would equal whatever percentage of what Hater could bring. But there's obviously, it's about a lot more than just what the numbers specifically say. Right. I, 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 I understand defending Mark Antanasio, and I understand the need or the want to to defend the franchise. But that is blowing a whole lot of smoke up the ass of a Brewers fan. That's all it is. Because if you're – the next – the follow-up question – now, I, I haven't read everything that Adam McCalvey wrote, so I don't know if somebody asked this, but the follow-up question is, oh, that's great, Trevor Rosenthal would have boosted the payroll. Okay, 
So if it wasn't about the money, then why did you get rid of Josh Hader? And that's when the silence falls. Well, because you didn't need depth, you had good pitching. You were scoring runs. What you needed was a bat. We all know that. It's the pink elephant in the room. You needed an additional bat. You were getting Freddie Peralta back, which means somebody's going to the pen. So if it wasn't a – Josh Hader wasn't throwing bad. I know some people said, well, you know, he had a couple of bad outings, but that was it. He had a couple of bad outings in a career. Come on. What pitcher doesn't go through a stretch like that? So if it wasn't about the money, then why would you get rid of Josh Hader? If it wasn't about payroll, then why would you get rid of Josh Hader? It was about the overall length of a contract coming up that's going to be required to keep Josh Hader. Why? Because of payroll. Because of money. Yeah, I, I firmly believe that Mark Atanasio, if right here and right now had a player that, that it wasn't going to cost him a ton of money out of the farm system, they could get him for a short period of time, and it was going to cost him an extra $5, 7000000 million, I, for the re- remainder of this season that was going to help them get to the postseason and beyond, I firmly believe he would do it. But if it, if it meant paying an extra $20 million or $17 million or $18 million a year to a guy, for, say, the next five years, there's no way in hell. So it's about the money. You can you can polish. You know, my dad used to tell me all the time when I was a kid, son, if it smells like it, looks like it, don't feel it, but if it feels like it, if you find out, and it's all a turd, it's a turd. You can paint it. You can put perfume on it. doesn't matter. It's still a turd. That's what this is. This deal was about the money. So don't try to blow smoke up everybody's ass by saying, well, it's not about payroll. No. That, that, that's all it was about. You tried, to, you tried to bring in talent to fortify. I understand that. I'm not stupid. You don't want to lose good talent and pick up crap talent. But kind of in essence, that's what you did. You took a, you took a shot. I give, I give David Stern's credit. You took a shot. It, it, so far, it's failed. It's failed miserably. But don't tell me it wasn't about payroll because it firmly was. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. we got a lot more to get to. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up. We've got guests today. Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackals going to be here live and in person. Uh, coming up tomorrow night. Was it tomorrow night or Wednesday night? I think uh, Bill Davidson's being inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame from Harley and Davidson from in Milwaukee. 1903. The history is there. And uh, the son of Willie G, he's going in. Gene Davidson's going in. I think it's Gene or Karen. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I need to find out. I probably should know that before I say something about it. But they're going in. It's a big weekend, or it's a big week out here via Milwaukee. And uh, the, the connection to Milwaukee here in South Dakota this week, which is one of the reasons we're here. Uh, a lot going on back home as well. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella Windows and Doors. Uh, I've been telling you for a long time. Like out here, it's hot. It's it's going to be real hot. So if you are going to be looking for new windows and doors and you live in this area, that's the place to go. But back home, we know it gets really hot. It gets really cold. You want to be able to keep the heat out and the cool in and vice versa come wintertime. You know what I'm talking about? So therefore, if you're looking for new windows and doors and a great deal right now, Right now, you can go 10 years. You can go 0% interest for four years, 10 years for 2.99. 
How about that? You can get it on the slider windows. You can get it on the uh, the crank windows. You can get different hardware. You can get different exteriors, interiors, the doors, the entry systems, everything. Right now, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, but you can't do anything. If you don't call, all you got to do is give them a buzz. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And see for yourself, again, PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Tell them we sent you. And uh, just say, hey, I want to get that free in-home consultation. I want to bring you out to the house. Can you do some custom measurements? Then uh, give me the estimate, and then we'll do some custom uh, custom manufacturing, assembly, installation, which is guaranteed, by the way, all from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Number three, broadcasting live in the beautiful plains that is South Dakota. Out here in Sturgis, South Dakota at uh, the uh, Full Throttle Campground, Poppy Hoyle Campground. And, uh, yeah, beautiful sight. If you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, the Bear Butte, uh, which is off into the distance. And uh, you've been watching a lot of the motorcycles and such and the campers pass by here all morning. Uh, great stuff from our buddy Mike Clements uh, in Green Bay. And to talk more about a myriad of things, uh, joining us from the Wisconsin State Journal, Tom Oates is on the line. Oates, how you been, buddy? How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Uh, I know the weather back home is not awesome, but uh, here it's uh, about now about 82 degrees and a light breeze, and it's beautiful. It's picture perfect, so I'm I'm doing great. I can't complain. I'm in Duluth, Minnesota, and, you know, it's uh, beautiful here, too. Oh, good. Nice. We're enjoying it. Good thing we're gone. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, good thing we're gone and we don't have to see Brewers baseball. We'll talk about that last. But I, I want to touch base with you on the Badgers. Um, so I know uh, they're, you know, as we heard there at the top of the hour, Ches Malusi, they're getting a lot out of him. They didn't expect it this early in camp. But what what is the overall take right now regarding the Badgers as they get ready to open up their season? Well, I think the, uh, the transfers they have coming in, both the secondary and the wide receiver, have upped the uh, ante in both of those groups and uh, added more talent to the program, and in some cases, pretty experienced talent. So uh, those were two areas where I thought they were really light, and uh, the transfer portal seems to have helped them in that regard. So I I think they'll have a solid team. Um, I I just think a lot of it's going to come down to the whole, and it's been discussed and discussed and discussed, is – is uh, can can Graham Mertz get better? Can uh, can some wide receivers step up? And will they throw the ball more and and more efficiently? And part of the and a lot of that has to do with the new coordinator Bobby Engram and how much how much uh, rope Paul Chris gives him to really run the offense and and make some changes because their passing game the last few years has been has been really poor and it's really held them back. I, let me let me start there we, because we all know Graham Mertz came out highly acclaimed, coming out of high school, gets into the Badger system. His his opening debut was spectacular, and it's been somewhat of a regression ever since. Have you seen anything to lead you to believe that he is ready to take that next step? Well, I go back to last year. I thought he would take the next step last year, and he didn't. Um, 
you know, he's got things he has to work on. He's uh, uh, getting to his second read, uh, moving moving around the pocket, avoiding the rush, and yet coming up throwing and keeping his eyes downfield. There, there's a number of just mechanical things that he's really got to work at. And, uh, you know, we'll see if if the steps he's taken in the offseason and, and – and the film work he's done, we'll see if that registers. Uh, I think after last year, you know, I don't know. I, you know, who knows what goes on in a, in a kid's brain. But, you know, he was highly recruited. Maybe he thought, you know, he'd just come in and, you know, play like he always did and and uh, and he finds success. Well, you know, it's it's different. The higher the level you go, it's, it's way different. And uh, he, he needs, you know, maybe he got humbled. Maybe he, and, and and now he's really working on his craft. I I don't know that there was ever a a notion that he didn't work hard. I don't think anyone ever said that. But maybe he worked more intelligently, and uh, you know that's just experience. So hopefully that's the case. Um, and he does take a step up because they really need it. I mean, I, I just uh, if if you know their one-dimensional offense works fine against. Uh, the Purdue's of the world, but it really to beat good teams, they need to be two dimensional on offense. I know Paul Chris said, uh, I, I want to see Graham play with more consistency and confidence. And, and that was his statement regarding what he sees from and expects from Graham Mertz. Now I know Paul tends to be very generic at times, but the first thing that comes to mind is consistency and confidence. Do you think Graham Mertz is not confident what he's doing right now after being, like you said, humbled last year? I've never noticed that confidence is a, is a huge problem. Maybe, maybe confidence in what he's being taught. I would say, uh, you know, listen to the coaches, uh, run the offense the way it's supposed to be run. Uh, uh, go through your fundamentals and your progressions the way they're supposed to. Uh, you know, maybe confidence, confidence in that, and in in, uh, in going out there and executing everything that he's been taught. I know Bob, uh, Bo, excuse me, Bostad took over the offensive line room, and they started shuffling guys up. They've always been the staple of Badgers' offense. Uh, you know, the the ability to move the defense downfield how is the offensive line which a lot of this really is hinging on the outplay of the offensive line which was not great last year how has the offensive line looked in your eyes uh, no the, the offensive line has struggled the last I, I take it back i wouldn't say it's struggled the offensive line's been good the last couple of years wisconsin needs its offensive line to be great and its best teams have always had really really strong offensive lines so uh you know, I don't know if things got stale with Joe Rudolph. I think Joe Rudolph's a, a really good coach. He's a really good line coach. I don't know if that one year as offensive coordinator pulled him away from the offensive line duties a little bit. I, you know, um, but I, I do think a change needed to be made, and I think Bob Bostad has proved himself to be an outstanding offensive line coach. And things will be done differently. Uh, you already see it. Not as much moving around of of pieces more like uh, a one and a two at every spot and you know I've never been a big fan of juggling on the offensive line I think you know when you when player a goes out at left tackle and you start juggling the line now you've weakened yourself at a couple of positions and I've never been a fan of that 
So, uh, you know, I mean, both stats had great success. And I don't see how, you know, it might take them a little while to, to, to change over because I'm sure there's a lot of different techniques and things like that that he's using. But uh, there's some talent there. I mean, there's some, some players that were highly recruited. And I know there's some talent there, and it's a matter of how quickly they can get up to speed. Has Ingram brought a a different dynamic offensively to the Badgers since taking over as the offensive coordinator? I hope so. I think you're going to see more running backs uh, involved in the passing game. Uh, it, it's high, it's going to be interesting because you know Chris and Bostad are both old school Wisconsin run the ball uh, power formation guys, and you know I, I think. I think the, one of the biggest problems with Wisconsin's offense is they don't stretch the whole field. They don't they don't make defense defenses defend the entire field, vertically or horizontally. And and uh, one of the ways the modern NFL offenses are, do that is with with heavy use of running backs in the passing game. You see it in Green Bay every every week. And uh, I would hope that Bobby Engram would bring some of those those principles uh, into play in Madison and, and really start using uh, all five receivers that are all five guys on the field that can receive the ball, start using them and, and start stretching the field, either both downfield and, and horizontally. I just think it's it's been really missing. And, uh, you know, just turn the TV on and watch a, watch a college game or especially a pro game and you see where offenses are headed. And uh, the running backs are a huge, huge part of the passing game. And that hasn't been the case uh, in uh, in Madison. Talking with Tom Oates of the Wisconsin State Journal, I'm going to take us northward now to Green Bay. And, you know, I, all the talk is about the fact that Aaron Rodgers has no weapons to throw to, that this offense is going to be hindered. Uh, I don't know necessarily that I believe that. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I, I, I think maybe where they're going to be stifled is maybe in the two-minute drill. But then again, Aaron Rodgers isn't focusing solely on Devontae Adams anymore, so maybe things become different. Otzi, how you know uh, concerned are you that this offense is or is not going to be able to move the football come uh, come the regular season? Well, I'm not that concerned. Uh, I, I do think this. Let's get this straight. Uh, Devontae Adams is a great player. And great players help you win games in the NFL. And and uh, more so, I mean, you know, you could look at the good teams and they all have four, five, six great players on their roster. And the bad teams will have one or none. And he was a great player. He is a great player. And he, But I, I'm not so sure. I go back to the, when Sterling Sharp left and Brett Favre was forced to spread the ball around and he couldn't fixate on Sterling. I, th- I think you might see some of that with Aaron Rodgers this year, where uh, Rodgers um, maybe runs the offense in, in a truer form than he has in the past couple of years, simply because he had such a great connection with with Devontae. And if that happens, you know, then it it truly is wide receiver by committee. If if he's uh, you know going here, going there, I, I just wonder. Uh, as you you stated in the red zone, uh, you know Adams was special, and he could get open and always get himself open. Uh, somebody somebody on this roster or or two is going to have to demonstrate the ability to get open, uh, even when the plays the, the plays uh, diagnosed and covered by the defense. 
I still think that the tight end is going to play a portion of this. They're really banking on Tanyan coming back and being that guy. But uh, I agree with you. I think in, in the red zone and in two minutes, I don't I don't know how – because I know Sammy Watkins has been okay. They're talking about him making catches. Dubs has been good and outstanding so far in camp. But I, in those two particular scenarios, unless you're ahead by quite a bit and you don't have to really rely heavily in red zone and heavily on two-minute drill, I, I just don't know how this team then moves the football in those crucial situations without that bona fide veteran that has that ability to either, one, spread the defense, or two, be the focus of a defense, therefore allowing somebody else to get open. Yeah, I think Tanyan's a big key. Uh, you know, if he could come back um, at some point in the season, I don't, you know, it's hard to believe he'd be ready for the opener. <clears throat> but if he could come back at some point in the season and become that guy, I mean, he caught a lot of touchdown balls two years ago. And uh, he, has a, he has a way of getting himself open as well. And uh, I think I think that's a real critical component here. Uh uh, the other thing, I mean, I think they have to bank on the fact that the defense can't fixate on one guy. I mean, we've all, we, you know, I think there's benefits to the offense both ways. When when the defense fixates on Adams, others should be open. When the defense doesn't have anyone, uh, the whole field is open to you. So it's, you know, I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, and 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 you know, you play to your strengths, and there's and their strength this this year is I think they're going to have three or four guys out there who are all roughly equal ability that, that they can throw the ball to. At least that's the way they have to I know they've been really high. That's the way they have to execute it. I know they've been really high defensively speaking. I'm still, I've got a concern about the outside linebacking position. I know Matt LaFleur just says it's an open competition. In other words, they don't have any. I keep thinking that the outside linebacker that's going to back things up is probably not even on this roster at this point. But also, do you think they find another wide receiver uh, out in the mix after cutdown day that ends up finding his way onto this roster as well? I'd be surprised. They have a lot of bodies at wide receiver. They just need people to come along. I, you know, unless uh, unless Watkins is a complete flop or something like that, and I don't see that happening. Um you know, they still have Randall Cobb and, and Lazard. And, and you know, you're, you're going to want to give a couple of these rookies a chance. I mean, the, the three guys they brought in, uh, the only guy who hasn't shown anything is the, the highest drafted of the three. So uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I do think they're a little thin at corner, and they're a little thin at uh, at uh, outside linebacker. I think both those positions, you could see them kind of trying to scoop somebody up late late in the process. Real quick before I let you go, I, I do have to just ask you, the Josh Hader deal goes down. They said it wasn't about that they actually added payroll and such, and I, I'm just kind of like throwing my hands in the air saying, no, you got rid of a quality guy because you didn't want to pay him. Everything else has been pretty much a train wreck ever since. Give me your thoughts on the Brewers in this uh, this unofficial second half of the season. You know, I, here's, here's this is a clash of family atmosphere versus versus the business side of the game, and you know, the Brewers, one of the things, small market teams, and the Brewers, I think, have been really good at it. I think the Packers are good at it, is they promote this family atmosphere. We're a team, we're, uh, you know, we're we're uh, all for one, one for all. You know, you might want to take a little less money, but, you know, everybody loves playing here because it's a very 
it's a, it's a, a player-friendly organization, and they promote that and promote that, and then all of a sudden they have to make a business decision. And they, I mean, there's legitimate reasons to make this business decision, and they made a, a business decision, and and it went against everything they preach, and uh, that's that happens. And I I just think uh, um, the suddenness of it, the timing of it. You know, you look at the Packers trading Devontae Adams. They did that in the offseason. They didn't have a locker room mumbling about not trying to win a Super Bowl because the players had had time to get used to not not uh, not having Devontae Adams around. That was the total opposite of the way the Brewers did it here. I I, I just I, I just think the timing of it was messed up. They miscalculated the effect it would have in their in their clubhouse. And if if uh, if you, if if somebody doesn't think that that's had an effect on the way they've played the last week, then they just haven't been watching because um, there's players in that clubhouse that are down and, and they were taken totally by surprise. And I know that they have to be mumbling themselves themselves about winning, about winning a world series. And uh, again, it, it, you can't, it's hard to promote this family atmosphere and then turn around and make a, a, a business decision that goes against that grain. Yep. No, that, that's a great way to put it. And on that note, I'll let you go. Tom, appreciate it as always, buddy. We'll reach out again as the seasons get underway, okay? All right. See you, Bill. Appreciate it. There you go. Tom Oates, the Wisconsin State Journal. That is a an incredibly succinct way of putting it. That's fantastic. And he's right. If Not only do we as fans say, what are you doing? And, and even if you want to buy into the hype, if you're a player in that clubhouse, and and that's not even an aspect that a lot of us even talked about, but you're 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 being told all spring training, we've got the pitching, we've got the offense, we've got the players in here that we think can get to a World Series. We want to get there, and then to find out that yeah, it's a business, it's a salary dump, and you get rid of one of your better players that locks down the back end of your bullpen. Everything's just humming right along. And the timing of this comes out. He's 100% correct. 100% correct. And I know Mark Antanasio tried to explain it away, but I don't think you can. But good stuff from our buddy uh, Tom Oates uh, joining us on the hotline. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. We've got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there, New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And, uh, look, if you got ED, you know it. Erectile dysfunction, you know it. Or you're the partner of somebody who has it, and you know it. Call them. They've got a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED. 414-455-4451. How about you're somebody who's kind of moody, kind of sluggish, kind of tired. You're up and down, and you're just you're just dragging. You know what I mean? You're just kind of dragging. Could be uh, could be low T. If you're over the age of 30, it takes you maybe 10, 15 minutes to stop in, get your numbers checked, you're good to go. Again, call them. For one phone number for all their locations, 414-455-4451. Then, if maybe you're out and about and you're in the uh, hot summer sun and you're sweating and you're like, man, I just I got funny sweat patterns and man boobs and everything else and I need to shed some and start looking better and feeling better, they can help you out. But you can't do anything if you don't call. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mayo Medical Center. Again, 414-455-4451. Give them a shout. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.